hurts my eyes. Uh, it does, but your orange skin hurts our eyes. Yes. Well, yes. It's radiance. You don't like morph. What are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome all in to the M.O. Podcast. As always, you're here with me, Contumacious Ann. And me, Ashraya. And today we are going to be talking about Terry Hoffman and the Black Knights. Uh, now, this is a little bit culty. Well, it's not a little bit. It is just proper, full-on cult. And uh, it's a rabbit hole. So this is going to actually be three parts so anyway, before we get into it, we all know that the algorithm is a mythical beast that we need to feed it with subscribers and likes. So please, if you would like and subscribe, we would be very appreciative because it will push us up the algorithm. We'll get open to more viewers and hopefully one day we'll be able to retire. Uh, and keep entertaining people. Not that bothered about that, I just want to retire. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and as well, we do have the website, which is all our blogs. I've got a few coming up, so hopefully we'll be releasing some new stuff over there. But as always, it has our podcast embedded on there, and that is the mopodcast.co.uk. So go over, have a look on there. And uh, you can always like the articles if you like them, uh, which I hope you do. And comment saying they're shit if you don't. <laughs> yeah. Prefer not to have that because I am a delicate soul and uh, don't take negativity well. So uh, please don't. I call you a prick at least four times a week. Oh, yeah. I mean, from you, I can take it. But strangers <laughs> on the internet, All right, okay. I mean, that would really break me. People oh, okay. I don't know calling me a prick is just far okay. too much. Uh, no idea you were so sensitive. Yeah. So, I mean, if that gives anyone out there ammunition to write some comments <laughs> on, on this one, then shit. May have messed up. <laughs> uh, so, we'll dive right into this. And it's a tale as old as time. Girl meets boy. Girl starts cult. Girl marries boy. Boy decides girl is a bit wobbly mentally. Once out of the cult of marriage, boy dies. Girl is sole beneficiary of boy's will. We've all been there, I'm sure, at some point in our lives. Uh, what can I say? We love the cash. Yeah. Unfortunately, Terry Hoffman has been there so many times, even in the world of cults, she is kind of treated as a suspicious person. If you can <laughs> That's believe That's bad. It. Yeah, When exactly. you're a suspicious cult leader, more suspicious when the, when the other cult leaders are going like, mm, yeah. this dodgy bitch. She's a right one, uh, fucking mm -hmm. hell. Uh, <laughs> 
Terry Lee Hoffman was born in 1938, and by the age of nine, she was sent to a Lutheran orphanage. Now, two years later, she would be adopted and take on the name of Terry Lee Benson. This would be the first of five surnames that she would take on over the course of her life. So, Through marriage or just for the crack? Through marriage. All right, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Hoffman was born into poverty in Dallas, Texas, and she'd experienced a lot of hardships during her young life. Her father was an alcoholic, and her mother was riddled with tuberculosis, and due to the family's poverty, they lived well below the breadline, and she she was bullied at school because of her raggedy clothes and because they had no money, basically. Uh, That's not nice. No, it it is really not. But it she didn't. I don't want to say this in a way, but she really didn't help herself because at the age of four, she claimed to have a vision of three men in splendid robes, telling her that she can be anything that she wanted to be, if only she wanted it badly enough. They weren't offering her gold frankincense and myrrh, were they? Yeah, I mean. Kind of living in a trailer, and her dad was an alcoholic, and all the things that go along with that. So maybe she just got into a stash. You I know? mean, Jesus's dad was a chippy. He, he well, he just, if step, you're not counting in God, stepdad. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He was, uh, yeah, dad. I mean, you, I mean, you can't like. It's it's one of them things. You imagine being in the playground. You know when you used to be like, my dad's harder than your dad. Like, if your dad was God, you would just kind of go, I'm not even going to come back with that. I mean, you turn... Because my dad will strike you the fuck down right now. Yeah, I mean, you'd turn the other cheek, wouldn't you, really? Which was uh, part of his teaching, I believe. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) So... These visions also told her that when she was troubled, she should think about God. And she must have thought about him a hell of a lot, because she seemed a little bit troubled. After Hoffman entered into the orphanage, a Lutheran nun told her about the elements earth, wind and fire. Now, not the band. Obviously. I was going to say, good band. Yeah, I think because this was in the 50s, so it's a little bit before their time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They weren't singing yeah. about September by this point. Uh, <laughs> so the nun also explained reincarnation, but Hoffman, whether Hoffman went to corrupt this meaning or this is what the nun outright said, it's a little bit hard to discern. But basically... Hoffman would go on in later life to describe reincarnation as good people go to heaven and bad people, which she thought bad people were people that die in natural disasters. They deserved it and would be reborn on earth into another shitty life. So until you kind of turned your life around and you lived a good life, you would be... Which, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a common theme in reincarnation theory. But 
bad people die in natural disasters. Yes, this is this is this is what she said. She said, "We can be sure that the people who have been killed in volcanic eruptions and dire catastrophes have deserved these violent deaths, and that they have been re- reborn in those places to fulfil their destiny. They reaped as they sowed in past lives." What about the people that are absolute shitheads that are still alive? Ain't no volcano erupted on them, no building toppled down on them. Exactly. Now, Myra Dr- Hindley's still alive, so's Rose West. Exactly. So, le- Myra Hindley's not alive, but let's skirt Oh, yeah, that. no, she yeah, died yeah. Last, last year, yeah. But yeah. Rose West is still alive, okay. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, flooring your theory already. Exactly. There's a massive flaw in the theory here because the 3,300 people who died in the earthquake in Tibet of 1959, which was during her lifetime. Now, Tibet is one of the most holiest places in the world, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like, did they deserve all to die? I mean, I bet there were a couple of shitheads in that, in, within there. Without a shadow of a doubt. But all 3,300, yeah. And as yeah. well, like, the tsunami in 2011 killed 15,500 people. Now, nearly 80% of Japanese people practiced Shinto at the time, which is their religion. So mm. 80% of people were following a religion. Now, let's just put that on the flip side. During that 2011, the US only had 809 deaths from natural disasters that year. So I think we can see which kind of people that she meant needed to die in natural disasters. The mm. ones in other lands, the ones that look different from her, yeah. I think, is So she was a raging of... bigot. Yes, so I think, I mean, most of them are. So I think that's what True. she was yeah. kind of edging towards. Now, the nun also told Hoffman that she could read the Ashak records through meditation these records were heavily based in spiritualism and held all universal events thoughts words emotions and intents that have ever been or ever will be and she can read it that's convenient okay yeah bearing in mind this was told to her at the age of nine you know, maybe she kind of got ahead of herself with this one. Uh, and obviously, yeah. because these these records are in the spiritual plane, they're not written down anywhere. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows if she can read them or not? She could she just, just be... She might have made it up. <laughs> making stuff up? Like, mm-hmm. hmm. We'll go on to see that she made quite a lot of stuff up. <laughs> As most cult leaders do. Yeah. And while at the orphanage, Hoffman also convinced herself that she was the reincarnation of St. Teresa of Avalia, who was a Roman Catholic saint and mystic. So, I mean, this is a pretty big play for a nine-year-old to be coming down with all this. So, fair enough. She's setting out a stall straight away from day one and going, aim big. She's been reading the Bible hard. Yeah. In fairness, she was stuck in a, in a in a fucking religious orphanage, so I don't think they had much stuff to, to do, do outside mm. of reading the Bible. But still, like, you know, pogs were pogs a thing back then. 
In the 50s? I don't think so. Yeah. Cup and ball. Cup and ball. They must have had a cup and ball. Jesus. Them big wheel things with the stick attached to that you've got to yeah. keep spinning and spinning and spinning. Yeah, hoop. I see hoop. that, me bingo wings. Hoop and a stick. I've seen spinning. Can't see nothing. That's going on OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> Hey, there's an audience for everyone. <laughs> it certainly is. So, four years after this revelation, when she thought she was Saint fucking Teresa, she was busted out of the orphanage with a Dallas's couple help. Hoffman uh, was adopted by this couple. And a year later, she found herself married to John Wilder, an 18-year-old truck driver. And how old was she? Yeah, so if anyone's keeping score, she was 15 years old at this point. She was also pregnant. 50s though, innit? Everything went in the 50s. Exactly. 18 months later, she was pregnant. Uh, so, yeah. Now... To be fair, it could have been worse. He, I mean, 18 is not that much of a significant difference to 15 in terms of, like, years. Like, it could have been, like, a 45-year-old truckie. It is very true. And to be quite honest with you, Hoffman is the reincarnation of St. Teresa of Alvia, so she is quite old in a soul. That's true. Uh... Really, she got to sell a toy boy. Yeah, that's what every paedophile says. Uh, she's got an old soul. <laughs> uh, broke it last night. But So, <laughs> so they travelled across state lines and lied about their ages on the marriage certificate. Now, both for some reason, both of them inflated their ages by four years. Not just Hoffman. Don't know why. Do you, what was the legal age limit to be married? It was so, 18, wasn't it? Yes, it was 18, but they wanted to appear older than 18 in case they got questioned, which is when someone's wearing a school uniform, I don't understand how you, you try to do that. She's still got braces on and shit, but... That's the thing, though. You can say that you, like... I could say I was 15, but I don't look 15. So I could also, with that logic, say I was 78, but I also don't look 78. Usually when people say that, well, fuck you very hard. Usually when people say, like, I don't know, I'm 25, if they look 15, they're going to get ID'd. Whereas if you just say, I'm 18, or you you just dress older, no one's going to ask any questions. Just look older. 100% agree, but again, 50s and Texas. So, yeah, no. Uh, no forward thinking. Yeah, but so the saying goes, marry in haste and repent at leisure. And she had quite a lot of leisure time because after 18 years of marriage to John, Hoffman initiated divorce proceedings. Now, rather than receive her decree nicei, she actually got sectioned and thrown into Parkland Hospital to be subjected to a psychiatric evaluation. She must have needed it. So this was done by Wilder. He signed the papers. 
and Hoffman's adoptive mother. So there Wait. Was there a they weren't there was no. a th- no, 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 no. They were just both of the same frame of mind. Yeah, and it'll come. Okay. It, it, it will. Ooh. You'll see why they both thought she was. She needed someone to talk to, uh, because she started a cult and received That's... a lot of money from people who died. Uh, it's, it's always a good sign. You need to talk to somebody when you start a cult. Yeah. So this was done because. She posed a substantial risk of causing serious harm to herself or others, which is what her husband and what Wilder and Hoffman's adoptive mother said. But by March 23rd, 1971, she was divorced from Wilder. And although she lost custody of her two children, by July of the same year, she was remarried. Well, you know, they always say <laughs> the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. Yeah, and Hoffman does that quite regularly through this. I mean, they do say it's the best way, so she yeah. just be taking the advice. She's just living her best life, that's all she's yeah. doing. Uh, so, we'll get into that later, but while Hoffman was married to Wilder, and part of the re- maybe not part of the reason, but why it came to a head and she ended up in hospital was because she got into meditation, hypnotism and something called the silver mind control. Now this is basically remembering stuff. Right, okay. I could write a whole fucking episode on this bullshit, right? It... I bought the book... But it's an audio book. Why do you do this to yourself? Because I heard it and I thought, you know what? If this is... this this it, Not because it could change my life, but meditation and, and try to make yourself better, which is kind of what it, 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 it sells itself as. And mm-hmm. I had a free credit on Audible, so I, I used it. I uh, thought there was something more to it. <laughs> but literally, in the prologue, one of the one of one of the instances he uses is uh John is a manager a marketing manager at work. He comes to the day of the big presentation and he doesn't know where his presentation is. He asks his secretary, he asks this person, da da da, no one knows. So he goes and sits in his office and reflects. He remembers the day before he went out after work, he went to a bar. He took his case. He's, he's took his work briefcase. He remembers he didn't come home with his work briefcase. He rings the bar. His work briefcase is there. This is a silver mind control. It's like There's he's absolutely, just it, remembering in, stuff, as in control of your own mind. <laughs> so, yeah, it's ah, uh, it is, it is pretty terrible so it's 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 a very misleading title because it should be con- called control over your mind because it's about yeah, it makes it sound like some jedi bullshit yeah but silver also claims that he taught several children esp and clairvoyancy he had a school for this shit 
apparently, as well, just to kick him while he's down, he owned one of the biggest repair shops in wherever he lived. I think it's Chile. But he owned one of the biggest repair shops. And he decided to do this rather than use that money. It's just... Maybe he had too much money. Yeah. Too much time. But... But this this whole this whole mind control thing. So I mean, this is something that all women are born with. We we literally remember every single shitty thing that you guys do to us because if we don't remember, then we can't use it against you for the rest of our lives. Well, exactly. There's document in it, really. So we're already built with this. Yeah. Uh, I could start my own cult tomorrow and say, hey, we're all. We're all patrons of silver mind control, so go out and yeah. buy it. Yeah, yeah, join you, up. You we'll will. tell you. We'll we'll show you how to do it, and then we'll just keep getting women to sign up, and then go. Remember, it's, it's it works. What, it's what, it what works. you've been doing. Yeah, yeah, it really <laughs> works. This I remember. Fuck yeah. Now here's the thing. Now <laughs> we just have to go and con as many men as we can into marrying us, make us the sole beneficiary. And then it would be awful if they had a terrible fall. A fatal one. Terrible. It's all for the good of the cult. Indeed. Long live the cult. At the beginning of her spiritual journey and spouting these philosophies to anyone that would listen, Hoffman claimed that she helped a young man end his drug habit. And on the ex-junkie's recommendation... She started to teach meditation to high school kids in the 60s. On a, on a junkie's recommendation? Yeah, so apparently, this is, this is what Hoffman has said. Like, he was so thankful that because she mind-controlled him into getting off drugs, he was like, you should teach this shit to other people. So, because it was the 60s and it was a counterculture revolution, she decided to teach high school children about this. Which, I'm not, I mean, a wild stab in the dark, but any high school child who is rebelling against the system really wants to hear something different that's not mainstream, that they can stand up to. And they would be saying, oh wow, she's got it, she knows everything, kind of thing, Mm -hmm. with their teacher. Ah... But by the late 60s, she'd gained a following, and after her divorce, Hoffman set up conscious development of body and mind. This was in 1974. By this time, she started charging for her lessons and private consultations. She'd also started up a jewellery business and would sell these trinkets in and around Dallas at fairs and spiritual gatherings. I I will teach you how to control your mind. And unleash your inner silver mind control. I also have an Etsy store at www.etsy.co.uk forward slash join us. Yeah, it literally is like the like and subscribe bit that we've just done. <laughs> Try to put it in there before, like, we'll put you up, then throw it in there and then move on quickly so you've not noticed mm-hmm. and hopefully you'll do it. Yeah. Uh, but amazingly enough, the higher the value of this jewellery the more protection it would afford you 
and the better it would help you in your spiritual life. No way. Yeah, I mean, that's cult 101 there, isn't it? Come on, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, pay for peanuts, you get shit. Exactly. By the mid-70s, hundreds of people would take part in her teachings, and she grew massive. She'd be travelling around constantly, doing these seminars, taking classes. She would be earning well off this. But she would go on to explain to her students that death wasn't necessarily the end, explaining it in the way that there could always be another chance to have a fresh start. Which kind of sets up for later. There's always another chance to have a fresh start. And she believes in reincarnation. But only people who are shitheads get reincarnated. So the, the way to have a fresh start is to do something horrible. Is to be a shithead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very convoluted. But she also taught members that any critical thoughts or energies could affect them. And then they were to stay clear of these because regardless where these came from. So she's basically telling high school students that if your friend or your boyfriend at that time is saying, oh, your bum looks big in that, cut them out of your life straight away because they are giving you bad vibes, they are negative energy, and you don't need that shit in your life. I mean, that's fair. (laughs) It is fair. But it's dependent on what the negative energy is. It's not necessarily a criticism, but it's what she considers considers mm. to be a criticism. So we'll do it again and go, if someone said, oh, Terry Hoffman's a bit fucking out there, isn't she? That's a criticism. Cut them out of your life. You don't need them in your life. You just need to mm-hmm. listen to me and I will tell you exactly what you need to know and how you need to know it. And pay me money. So. (coughs) Emotional abuse. Yeah. And it didn't even matter if these people were claimed to be soulmates. Because only Terry knew. Only Hoffman knew who your soulmate would be. I've read it in my book on the spiritual plane. Exactly. Because she had access to all every every (laughs) thought action that's ever been ever will be she's like fucking thanos or do you know what she she's like some fucking oh god yeah some level x mutant or something that knows thanos everything a bit blasphemous presuming that she knows pretty much as much as god does is it and she's religious yeah or was religious is that not kind of blasphemous yeah i'm but... like god but better. I mean, but this is this is this is what cults do. Let's look at the cult of the Donald Trump. Like people are saying, like the cult the people, of the Donald Trump. <laughs> I've never people, heard of that one. <laughs> yeah. The people that believe in him are saying that he is the next coming of Jesus Christ. Like there's a lot of preachers out there who were saying this, and only God can depose him from office. This is why they all went mental like last year. I think you're a Trump supporter. Oh no, seriously, no. Like No, I uh, think you are. You 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 deliberately went for the same skin tone. He has his good points and his bad points, right? 
right? Everyone does. I mean, Hitler had a cute moustache. Anyway. Uh, well, you've grown yours out a little bit too long if you were going for the Hitler tash. No, there's always next week. It's fine. Yeah. You can more orange up and part two. Around. I'll be like yeah. that. <laughs> anyway, that's getting edited. Uh, the Donald Trump Hitler cult. <laughs> so, th- this was one of the reasons. So, if anyone said a bad thing about anything, Terry wanted them to cut you out of their lives. Now, this was one of the things that Wilder, her husband, didn't like had issues with. Because he was seeing oh, yeah. her telling high school kids to get rid of that person when they're just embarking on their lives. They've not got enough life experience yet. They'll learn that and know when... But if someone's telling you, you're just kind of going to follow their direction from then on and then on. And mm-hmm. Wilder was kind of like, they should just live their own lives, get their own life experiences, and you learn by doing, which is what we all do. Now, Hoffman was viewed by some people in her congregation as a Jeebus-like figure, with some outright stating that fact and handing over all their expensive stuff to her. Now, of course they this, did. This was another point of contention for Wilder, and he told one disciple, Sandy Cleaver, she's got a lot to do with this story, but that's later, to take back the jewellery that she had given to Hoffman, yet she got on her knees and begged me to let her have it. I bet she did. Yeah, I bet he was like, Ooh, okay, she could have it. <laughs> One person, I'm sorry, Wilder, Chris, uh, uh, John Wilder, if you're still here with us, uh, please don't see me. Uh, one person. That's the only thing he'll ever see when he yeah. closes his eyes to go to sleep every fucking night is that fucking face be like, oh, why can't I just die? So The rest one of us per- feeling it, surely. Well, yeah. One person that saw through Hoffman's ruse was Janine Schneider. Now, Schneider joined the cult in 1974. And although she believed Hoffman was talented with helping people, she realised that Hoffman was ultimately taking advantage of these people. Schneider oh, yeah, Schneider rose to executive director of conscious development, so she didn't really... You know what I mean? She took her time rising executive up the ranks there. Executive director of conscious development. Yeah. Uh, so second in command of the colouring in team. Pretty much. And <laughs> while she was there, she learned that Hoffman made no distinction between the company's money and her own. Hoffman would be paid donations and fees for lessons into her own personal bank account. Now, we could make an excuse that Hoffman, maybe she wasn't a great business person and she thought this was how business was done and it was the 70s. But when congregation members started to sign over their estates and unfortunate accidents would happen to them these funds were still being paid directly into her own like freaking Halifax account at the fucking you do, you know what I mean so yeah. alarm bells started to be raised another red flag for Schneider was that she was well read in philosophy 
And a lot of what Hoffman was telling her students about their past lives was just basically lifted from the Britannica Encyclopedia. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Sometimes of living people. <laughs> so Hoffman's there talking to someone, going, in your past life, you were this, this, and this. And it's like, they were only born, like... 50 years Eight ago. Eight year ago. <laughs> yeah, they've not died yet. There's no D on this. There's just the B, 1925. 19, 19, There's no D on it. I don't, uh, I don't understand. That's uh, some kind of H.H. H. Holmes bullshit. That's what he did in court, didn't he? Yeah. He was like, I murdered these 20-odd people. Like, they're fucking sat in the courtroom. What are you on about? <laughs> exactly. He was like, I, I killed alive. him. I killed him. I don't know what he's doing here. I, <laughs> I mean, killed him dead. He must Jesus. be a ghost. God, he's got the same coloured nails as the trier has. Uh. Mm-hmm. Dead person nails. Mm-hmm. So, what Hoffman would also do as well is when she was doing these readings, she'd have the person hold up a tinted piece of plastic and shine a torch at that person. So then all the people who were watching this reading... Their face was, the person behind the plastic, their face was obscured. So she could basically say, his face has magically changed into this old wise man from days of yore. Nobody could see. Yeah. (laughs) Just because they've got this this warped piece of plastic, which you couldn't see their features anyway. And she'd go, (laughs) I can see his face. Look, doesn't he look Chinese there? Oh, doesn't he look like Mao Zedong? Oh, I tell you. It's, it's in. <laughs> That's like holding up a sheet and going, ah, and now I'm invisible. They may Nobody as come well, behind this. Yeah, they may as well have done that party game where you get a Rizzler and write a name on it and stick it on your forehead. And just, do you know what I mean? You have to guess who a they Rizzler. are. Yeah. I do. That must be the Manchester version. Post it. Post it, though. Post it, though. Yeah, post it, though. Show me colours there. Uh, <laughs> So, by 1977, Hoffman had between 25 and 40 members designated as elite teachers. These people would fill in for Hoffman. They would lead their lead teachings. They would go round when Hoffman couldn't really be asked. And they'd be espousing all her fucking crazy things. But Hoffman would always be there in spirit. She'd always... People would always, the teachers would always comment about her and the students would always know she was kind of looking over her. She'd always be there like that turd that cannot be flushed. She (laughs) would be there. Now, from these elite teachers, Hoffman would create an inner circle of followers that she would use to fight the Black Lord. So, the Black Lords were entities that existed on different planes of existence. Amazingly enough, only Hoffman could see these. Of course. But then again, isn't she the only one that can see the different planes of existence? So even if anybody did, could see the Black Lords, they couldn't anyway because that would mean they would have to see the different planes of existence, which they can't see. Exactly. But what she would do is she would dangle the carrot to all her, these people who were fighting these battles, saying, if you reach a higher plane, you'll be able to see these one day. 
you just need to keep donating, you just need to keep fighting, you just need to keep paying me money, and then one day you'll be able to see these completely not made up things that I am that I know what they look like. Oh, they're scary. Ooh. Isn't that what they say Scientology's like? <laughs> oh, let's not get into that. You want to move your way up, you've got to make give us more money. Isn't that yeah. what it's supposed to be like? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so for these these fights, which they pretty much were, they were, yeah. Anyway, they they were, were made what, up. <laughs> yeah. So basically, she would ask her disciples to bring in swords to fight the Dark Lords. Now, they didn't have to be, no, like, they didn't have to be, like, king fully-fledged Sting replicas from the Lord of the Rings that they bought at the comic book shop. They could just be, like, a token thing. So they could bring in cocktail sticks. And because, obviously... Ain't no one winning any battles with a cocktail stick. Ah, but it's a cocktail stick in this world, but in the next plane, it is a mighty sword. It is that one that killed Sauron, whatever it was that Aragorn had reforged. Yeah. The sword of the king. Yeah. Sorry, I'm swooning over Aragorn, not the sword of the king. (laughs) They're both, actually. Well, yeah, indeed, it depends what sword you talk about. Anyway. uh, Both. (laughs) Yeah. So she also asked that the group brought in capes as well. So it turned into a fully-fledged Dungeon and Dragons, like, fucking night in, really. (laughs) Uh, But apparently what... boss. Yeah. What each of these people would represent is they represent an angel. So one person would be... Gabriel, one person would be Michael, and then on in in the other plane, they were Bob, fucking Jones in this life. But on the next plane, because they were wearing the cape, they were wielding this sword. They were the Archangel Gabriel. They were so, it was like the the cape was a deal breaker. Like you could, you could bring your cocktail stick, but if you didn't bring no cape, you you were out of the gang. Oh yeah, your cape had to be a real size. It couldn't just be a co- cocktail nap- napkin that you like. Just put in the back of your thing. Like, oh. I bet they all look like a right set of twats. Yeah. <laughs> Waving their cocktail sticks I around can... with their tablecloths attached to their necks. You can only fucking imagine, <laughs> can't you? Jesus Christ, I mean. All the housewives in the area just kind of like... Yeah. Closing their, as they close their blinds. So Hoffman used these fights and the fact that she was the only one who knew how the fights went because she was the only one that could see the damage that these people were doing to the Dark Lords. She kept the group on their toes. There would be emergency meetings at the drop of a hat to fight Dark Lords. She would also use these fights as a confidence trick. Like every time claiming that, oh, this week you killed x amount of dark lords but next week they may come back more and you need to be more prepared so so what did they have to buy do? my jewelry <laughs> okay that's fair so so they've got their little cocktail stick and they've got their cape and they look like an absolute dick but do, do they what do they then have to act it out and like jab no. away or do they just stand there and just represent no this, other this being? yeah this isn't some fucking it's not a lap 
They're so, not in the park doing this. They oh. just sat meditating with a cock with a cape on. They've always got to be wearing the cape, and with That's their cocktail not- stick next to them. <laughs> and Hoffman is at the head of them, and she's I going. Can't hear you. And Hoffman, hello. Oh. <laughs> I can hear you now. No, I can hear you All now. All right, fine. Yeah. So. Sorry. Reverse. It's all right. It was me. I was looking at the wrong thing. I could see the green, but because I was live, it wasn't green on there. Anyway, never mind. Uh, so basically, they'd all be it's meditating, right. wearing their capes, because that's how you meditate. They'd have their cocktail sticks next to them, and Hoffman would be either sat at the group or walking around, and she'd be saying, Oh my God, well done, Bob. You was the Archangel Gabriel. You've just killed, smoted three black lords. Well done, you. So she was the only one. So these people were in a state of meditation. And they were reaching the higher plane, they thought. But they were just basically like dozing on the floor. And Hoffman was giving a running commentary to something that they couldn't see. But they believed it for some fucking reason. I mean, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> she 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 always used it as like a, you've killed this many Dark Lords, but next week they'll be back and there'll be more. So you need to buy more jewellery or you need to have more students come in. It's like a pyramid scheme. basically uh now sometimes she would even turn around and say because someone in the group who maybe had fallen out of favor had brought the dark lords in with their bad juju so then they that person give more money well that person wouldn't be really invited back but there would kind of be a hate campaign towards that person. Do you know well, what I mean? Well, what's the point of that, though? Because if you kind of turf them out, they're not giving you any more money. So, narcissism. So, right, basically, okay, right. read into that. If someone had said something bad about Hoffman and she didn't like it, or if she'd overheard a conversation about someone, she'd go, they're fucking next, right? Having them. And then that's why. But it was a revolving door. There were lots of bored housewives coming in and out doing this kind of shit. Uh, 70s in Texas, isn't it? So as the months and years went on, there would be several members of the congregation that would die under mysterious circumstances. Yet they'd all leave their fortune to Hoffman. So, yeah, I mean, coincidences. Fool me once, shame on you. Coincidences. Yeah. So, that is going to be part two. We'll have a little delve into. Well, basically, we'll have a little delve into what happened and how it happened. But. At this point in time, we'll call it there. And thank you so much for joining us. This has been the MO Podcast with me, Consummation Sam. And me, Atreya. And we shall see you all next time. Bye. Bye. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast. 
the M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast.